Welcome to the Florgication Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hadeen, owner of Illustrious Hardwoods in Phoenix, Arizona. We're here to talk with contractors from all across the country to discuss DIY installation tips, how to hire a reliable contractor, and what's trending in the flooring world. Billy Graham, Legacy Flooring. Billy Graham, you there, buddy. What's up, Kyle? Not much. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. It's a nice day today. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Well, you know, let's let's jump right into this. Let's uh, tell tell me who you are, your business. You know, any specialties you have, where you're at. I'm Billy Graham. Uh, my company is Legacy Flooring, uh, based out of uh, Southern California area, Cerritos, California, uh, which is you know really close to the uh, North Orange County um, area out here. Um, as far as my specialties, I specialize myself um, in installation of hardwood flooring, luxury vinyl plank, uh, laminate flooring, carpet. Although I don't do a whole lot of carpet, I, I still am specialized in carpet. Um, and then also, you know, um, I'm not just, uh, it's not just about what I do. I mean, I have, uh, crews that, that take care of, uh, concrete, you know, preparation, resurfacing, um, as well as like the, uh, the staining and polishing of concrete. Um, and then I also have a couple hardwood flooring refinishing crews too. So, um, but as far as myself, yeah, I mean the hardwood, the LVP and, uh, and the carpeting and laminate flooring. You got a lot going on over there at Legacy Flooring. Yeah, yeah you got to. You got to. It's it's a uh, it's not a cheap place to live here in Southern California. So, <laughs> you know, you got to be crafty and creative on on how you uh, survive. You know, and, and get through and give you yourself and your family a good life. I, I see that. I, I get it. How long How long you been doing flooring for? I've been in, installing floors uh, over twenty years. Um, I'm a second generation. I grew up with it in my household. My father uh, started installing in 1972. Um, so for me, it's, you know, there was, I was six years old, seven years old, going out with him, five, uh, I don't know, five years old, probably, uh, scrapping out pad, doing whatever I could do, uh, carrying stuff. And uh, I mean, so my whole life, I've, I've been around the trade. I've been around the job sites. Um but yeah, I mean, aside from working summers in high school and after school, um, I started full time uh, July 1999. Okay, and I just never even considered anything else. You go to college for anything? You get a degree? You know, that's that's interesting because uh, when I ran out of graduation money about two months after I graduated, my dad pretty much came up to me and said, "You know, if you want to keep uh, putting gas in that nice car you got and." having money for your pager you know we had pagers back then <laughs> i did <laughs> but uh yeah you know so he basically just said you know if you if uh, if you like all that stuff and you want all that stuff i got a job if you want one and uh it's really not at all what i wanted to do strangely enough um through high school i had a couple different things uh, one of them maybe uh uh not be able to talk about on this but uh the other one is uh is was to be a truck driver so i wanted to do like long haul truck driving across the country um so that was that was really my my main goal that really what i wanted to do um 
but I, you know, back then it was, it was much more difficult without the internet. Um, you know, I had to go on the yellow pages and find a school for trucking school. And, uh, I wasn't super independent at, at a younger age. I was kind of, uh, taken care of. So as far as, uh, you know, I didn't really have to do much. I didn't have to have a job, um, through schooling. It was my, my choice, um, to work with my dad, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I went to college after I'd get off of work doing flooring, I would go to a local city college and, uh, I was only able to really like pull in a couple classes a night and, uh, I just really wasn't schooling was never really my thing so much. I just had a hard time getting the motivation to get into it. Unfortunately, I, you know, um, there, I don't think there's know? anything unfortunate about that. I suffered through three years of film school and I've got a degree with accreditation that probably means absolutely nothing, but, um, <laughs> You know, it's not for everybody. I, I finally yeah. fell into this trade uh, just because I needed to find something to do. I liked working with wood, and so I cold called thirty contractors begging for a job. There you go. And a couple of them, yep. a couple of them hired me. So kind of the same boat yep. you ended up in. You know, you needed yeah, to definitely. maintain a lifestyle, and Dad said, "I got something." So yeah, you, you yeah. take it and you run with it. Yeah, I mean, I took it, and I, I don't know if I ran with it necessarily at the time. Um, you know, I was used to running out and playing, but but. Uh, I, I was miserable. Like I honestly could say that I hated it <laughs> for, for the first, for the first, uh, I think two, three years of being in it, it was miserable. I just, I was unhappy. I, you know, I thought there was something better out there for me. Um, so, you know, a couple years working with my dad, I mean, we were working just stupid hours, you know, like we were working seven o'clock in the morning, sometimes getting out of the job site at like 10 and, uh, just putting in brutal days of installing carpet you know, like on the daily. And, uh, and it was just, I don't know, I guess I just, I thought that there was somewhere else that, you know, I needed to be. And, uh, so I, after two years, I, you know, that was kind of the agreement I had with him to stick with him through. Um, but I started off making $55 a day and, and working those kind of hours. And, you know, it was enough for me at the time. I didn't have to pay for rent and all that, but, uh, it was, it wasn't making me happy. So I, I had an opportunity with one of the flooring stores that we were doing work out of to, uh, to do a salesman position with them. And, uh, I quickly, I quickly in three months of doing that job, I, I went out to go check out a job my dad was doing for me that I had sold. And, uh, like almost instantly when I got to the job site, I just like, got super bummed out and I just realized then that like I belong on the job site. And, uh, I, I think from that point is really what turned the key in my mind and, and put the light bulb on and, uh, and then made me kind of shift gears into like making it my own. Um, so I would say that I would say that at that point I really started pressing instead of just waking up and going to work and doing whatever my dad had set aside for us. Um, I was actively going out and, and I literally would just hit up friends that I had and say, Hey, my dad me a, you know, 12 by 12 piece of carpet. That's a remnant from a job. Uh, your carpet's nasty. I'll put it in for free. And so that's what I did, you know, and, and, uh, so I would go over to their house and I was excited to go do it for free. I mean, I was thrilled just to have the opportunity to, um, to be able to like get my hands on it and, 
and kind of like feel it through all the way on my own, you know? You finally found it something to be passionate yeah. about. It wasn't yeah, just going exactly. to work and it wasn't a job. It was something you love to do. You wanted to learn more. That's, that's an awesome change. That's awesome. That's amazing to see. Yeah. I mean, and then that quickly turned into, um, I, you know, another friend of mine, uh, in our mutual friends room and he told his dad and then I, we ended up getting a whole house, uh, you know, pretty locally, um, doing the whole house and, and, uh, and that job they paid for, you know, so I got a sale on the job and I was like, wow, like you can make a little bit of money on, on selling it and, and then installing it. It's like, this is my job. So I had like a really good sense of like pride and it was the kind of the pride that's good to have, you know, not, not the kind that holds you back or, or ties into like an ego situation. Um, so that was, that was really like, I think probably my turning point is when, when I realized that, you know, I really do belong, um, I belong in this trade, but I belong in this trade, maybe just in a different aspect that I have ever put myself in, you know? Okay. In California, you have licensed contractors, correct? Correct. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm a, I have a C15, um, California state, um, uh, flooring license. So basically what that covers is, uh, you know, hard surface flooring, um, not including tile or stone, um, which is fine because it's just really never been something I've been into. Um, but, uh, you know, resilient flooring, vinyl, sheet vinyl, VCT, carpet, hardwood flooring, uh, the vinyl plank flooring now, laminate, stuff like that. Okay. Um, with that being said, so a lot of states don't have licensing like in arizona we have licensing too i actually think we have a like structure set up that we can transfer licenses back and forth if you move but uh what for for states that don't have licensing requirements where you're going to get that protection of the contractor having a bond and if there's a problem you can go to this registry of contractors and file a complaint and you have you have recourse actions if something goes wrong on the job all right. What's what's something you think homeowners need to look for when they're hiring a contractor? How can they know that this is this is the guy they can trust him to do this? They can give them a ten thousand dollar deposit for materials and know that they're going to get those materials. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the the first obvious choice would be uh, making sure that they have a contractor state license um, if they're if they're going to be in a, a state that actually. Um, that's kind of what, how they certify, I guess. Um, so I would say the license, uh, insurance, um, all of the the papers like that, that, that basically like ensure this is a legitimate company. Um, that would be probably number one. Number two is, I mean, referral is huge. Um, I don't know how it is from state to state. Um, but you know, if I, if I do a job for for sally and sally refers me to jane then jane calls me you know she already has a good idea of of what i could do and then also uh they share you know like well you know he's great he said he was going to do this he did it um you know we we gave him the money we got our product um we got exactly well um so i mean i think those are the main things that that we come across here that are probably the most important things to ensure that I think also just getting in front of them. And I think people really can 
can read a person who's honest and, and person who's not for the most part, you know, I mean, um, I mean, with a name like Billy Graham, I mean, you can't go wrong. You already kind of have the upper, <laughs> you kind of have the upper hand already, you know? Yeah, no, but, I, uh, I, I know. I think that's a great tip, you know, not only make sure that they have that insurance, if they, if licensing is required in your state, make sure they're having that, make sure you have a good gut feeling about them. But referrals are key. Find a, find a trusted advisor at, you know, find, talk with your friends, see who they've used, if anybody, and really, you know, that referral is going to be key because they've already done business with someone, you know, like, and trust. They're probably going to be reliable. If you're just picking Tom, Dick and Harry out of the, out of the phone book, yeah, you're, you're the guinea pig. And you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If nobody, if you can't find a good source, but you got to do a little bit of homework to make sure that these guys are or gals are doing a good yeah, job for yeah, you yeah. and making sure it's happening in your home. Yeah. I mean, strangely enough too, um, you know, in Southern California, we're, we're very close to the border of Mexico. Um, so I mean, we have a very high percentage of, of Hispanic community in California, especially Southern California. And, uh, believe it or not, I mean, it, understanding the person that you're hiring, you know, that speaks English is, is a big thing too. being able to communicate with the person that's doing the project for you. Um, so that there's no misunderstandings on, you know, what the contract was about or what was included, uh, stuff like that. I think that also, you know, another thing that I do that I see a lot of the shops don't do um, is, is I, I'm very, very, very detailed in how I put together an estimate and an invoice. Um, when I put those together, they're very detailed. This, it basically says everything I'm doing and a lot of the stuff that I'm not doing. No, I um, think that's great. You yeah. know, so they could see like, Oh, okay, well that's included. That's included. That's not included. So then it's not like I'm coming to them later saying like, Oh, well, this needs to be done. Oh, I thought that was included. No, it's not included, you know, or, or uh, they know how many square feet, how much I'm charging per square foot. So it doesn't look like just a random number. When people start to see random whole numbers, you know, how much for this? Oh, uh, $350. It's like, well, I could break down. Like, you got this much money in, in adhesive. You got this much money in install. You got this much money in transition installations and prep and grinding. And so they could see all the different um, aspects of what's being included in their project too, which gives them a lot more assurance. You know, I do my estimates the same way and I've heard it both ways. Don't show the pricing, show the pricing. People yeah, are going to price yeah. shop you. I personally, mm -hmm. I like breaking it down. I, I want yeah. them to see where their money's going, what it's going to cost, what's in the scope of the project. I do the same thing. I, I have a very detailed out description of what I'm going to do at each step in the project so that they can see this is how it's going to get accomplished. This is where I may need to stop. And we can discuss if there's going to be additional charges for Correct. things that are Correct. outside. You know, I can't see the subfloor when your flooring is covering it. Maybe I need exactly. some self level. There's a crack in the concrete slab. I don't know. So it, it details out when those steps will take place. And that way yep. you can really know what's happening and feel confident that you're going to be able to go through this process and be informed along the way. So, right. um, you know, I've, I've talked to a couple of guys, I've had them on the show. We've, we've, we like to cover some tips that homeowners can use 
if they want to do their own installation. I just had a customer actually. We were actually install. We were going to be. Inst- I was installing a, a luxury vinyl plank, uh, but it had carpet inside the house, and you know he was looking to save a little bit of money. So I told him, well, you know, ways you could save money are you can remove the carpet pad and tack strip. Um, I didn't have any expectations as far as like you know him doing the prep or getting all the staples out. I figured there might be some nails left around the edges from the tack strip. Um, but you know, for me, I'd rather go in there and, and have it pretty much ready to go and just scrape a few staples if I have to, or scrape some staples and then pull some nails and do a little bit of prep work as opposed to spending the time doing something that for me really takes no skill. Um, there's really no skill in removing carpet. It's probably the easiest, one of the easiest floors to uh, to remove, um, you know, aside from maybe a floating vinyl plank or something or a laminate. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely definitely can save money by doing that. I mean, you especially like if they pull it out, they could def- they they pull it out, then you just dis- they dispose of it. They save the the cost for disposal, which you know where I'm at is a minimum fifty five dollars plus. If I'm loading it in my van and then driving it down there and then unloading it, um, I mean, you can easily get in in a decent size house, you know, save a couple hundred bucks just on that, um, just on the disposal. Um, and then aside from that, pulling out the carpet pad and tack strip, I mean, uh, maybe like a 900 square foot house of carpet, you're probably looking at um, – I don't know, $450 or something like that, roughly. So, I mean, that's an easy way that they could save, you know, six, $700, $800. And and really, and you're walking into the job, you know, as, as a installer, you're walking into the job with it, uh, with a lot less work that you have to do and a lot less work that you have to do. And you kind of get more onto, um, using your skills as opposed to doing demo work, you know? Not not only that, but it just it, it gets you to getting the floor in sooner. You know, people always yeah, they, exactly. they want their homes back. They don't want them torn up. And this is, you know, it's a great way to spend a Saturday night as a couple. I guarantee it. You know, hitting out those tax strips, pulling up that carpet. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be a lovely evening. Get out a bottle yep. of wine, maybe. It'll be great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, it's yep. it's honestly it's not that hard of work. It's it's not going to be it's not going to be. <laughs> A, a beautiful thing, but it's definitely it is a way that you can save some easy money. Really, like you got to put money. in, a, you got to yeah. put in a little sweat equity. But it's definitely yep. one of the easier things you can do when you're looking yeah. to do a flooring project. Yeah, I mean, and you know, there's there's no really no issue with like uh, installing a new floor. You mess it up, you're kind of wasting money. Um, you pull up your carpet, you're really not wasting any money if you don't if you don't you know get the carpet out super fast. There's really no money wasted there's there's nothing that's getting damaged in the process this new material um it's really like you said just sweat equity it's it's your time and as a homeowner it's like if if you got a little bit of time then that's a really easy way to save some money for sure totally agree all right so what do you see trending in california what's what's popular what are the what are the floors looking like or what styles are being popular yeah, I mean, as far as let's start with hardwood flooring. Um, we do a lot more engineered hardwood flooring um, here, and it's pretty much 
probably because we, we have a lot more slab on graves. So like mm-hmm, concrete, mm-hmm. concrete right on the dirt or, you know, the plastic under it, yep. whatever they do. Um, but it's, yeah. So there's engineered is just a lot more stable product to be gluing direct to concrete. Um, so as far as that, like as far as the engineered hardwoods, uh, yeah, engineered, uh, a lot of like wide planks. So, I mean, really the, the minimum that I'm installing uh, on most occasions would be like a seven inch wide plank, um, by like, uh, probably a minimum of like six foot long. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that's, that's kind of like the average around here now. Like, so if you see like a four and three quarter or a five inch, it's very, very, uh, few and far in between. Um, I don't get a whole lot of those anymore unless somebody already had it in their house from the early 2000s, mid 2000s, and they just kind of want to like add on to another room or, um, or, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's an older style, you know, it's, so it's something maybe somebody has a little bit, they like that older style, then they'll pull that in. But yeah, we're doing a lot of like the wide planks, the long planks and engineered hardwood. Um, the, like the longest I've done was like 12 foot long planks by, I think like nine or nine and a half inches wide. That's monstrous. I don't even know how Dude, you installed it in a hallway. It was, <laughs> well, hallway with angles and angled door jams. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a treat for sure. I mean, we had to take it upstairs all the, all the whole job was upstairs. So, Ooh. uh, you know, tying it in, flushing it out with, with, uh, pre-existing, uh, nosing, uh, for the overhang of the staircase. Um, yeah, it was, it was not easy. I mean, we, we literally had to carry up maybe two planks at a time just to get them up the staircase, which was, you know, you walk up and did a turn and then back up the other way. Uh, so it wasn't easy just getting it upstairs to begin with. And then, yeah, the, the tight quarters, um, doing the hallways and, and the closets and, uh, it was a treat. For sure. I mean, it's it's just because it's a long plank. I think people have the perception that, uh, oh, it's long and it's wide. So you put it in one piece and you're doing a lot of square footage. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but but in order to get it set up and not put holes in every single wall on your way up and getting it in place and then cutting it. And you know what I mean? You're, you're uh, right. It looks good, though. Yeah. So <laughs> it's 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 one of those things you know, where yeah, we're doing a lot of a lot of the long, wide planks. Um the longest I've done has been, I think, like 12 foot by 12 inch. Um, and that, that's monstrous. I, I wouldn't want to do that every day. No, um, but it's that's that's where I see it heading too. you know, everything's getting yeah. bigger and bigger. I, I've seen a house with 36 by 36 tile. Uh, yeah. I regularly install nine by 60 luxury vinyl plank. Yep. The, you know, five inches, seven inches is getting small. It's yeah, it's, it is bigger and bigger and bigger. You got the 24 by 36 tiles now instead of the 12 by 24s. It yep, just yep. keeps growing yeah, and, and growing. I'm not sure how it is in your area, but I know here in, in Southern California, especially like a lot of these new custom homes, um, it really is, is kind of based off the floor plans too, because before where everything was so complex compartmentalized where you have like a room for this and then you have a separate room with walls for a dining room it's like now everything's open oh the open you floor know yeah open huge, open yeah. floor concept so you have a dining room a great room a kitchen and a living room like and it's literally no walls in between it yep you know it's it's all separated by furniture and and uh, maybe a notch out on the wall a little bit where it continues on to make a dining room but uh, yeah, the open floor concept really, I think, has opened up the 
you know, the idea for the wider planks to be accepted better. Yeah, no, um, I just it, they look honestly they look good in any space just because the the smaller rooms there's not a lot of seams breaking up that room so it helps it feel a little bit bigger and yeah. in the bigger rooms it just looks amazing to see these long planks planks fill, filling it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, and then, and then like as far as like the vinyl planks, um, like you said, I mean that everybody was doing the forty eight inch, seven inch, which we do a lot of still mm-hmm, because it's mm-hmm. affordable. Um, but yeah, you see a lot more of the, the 60 inch long or like those Cortec, you know, 60 or six foot ones that, that they have. Um, so yeah, you've seen a lot, a lot of, a lot of, uh, floating luxury vinyl plank SPC floors, WPC floors here. Um, I think people are, are, uh, paying attention more to, you know, the fact of not having to worry about your floor as much as far as like scratching and denting. And, uh, although they all scratch, it's, it's one of those things where they definitely, uh, they, they don't want to worry about their floors. They want to live in their house, you know? Yep. No, so, there's, yeah, there's a difference in durability. Huge. It's huge. You are correct. Well, Billy, I appreciate you being on and, and coming on. I got a we gotta we gotta wrap it up a little bit here. Uh, why don't All you go right. ahead, give me that business name, give me a phone number, where people can find you on the internet? Yep, yeah, Billy Graham Legacy Flooring. Uh, can be reached on uh, Facebook at Legacy Flooring, uh, Instagram Legacy Flooring SoCal. It's S O C A L. Um, also on TikTok, uh, it's kind of a new one. I'm on. Uh, I know it's a little bit younger generation on there, but uh, you know it's free. So I, I'm a Legacy Flooring 1999. And, uh, again, uh, out of, uh, Cerritos, California, Southern California area, number 562-999-6192, AKA the Reverend. Well, you know, all right. So speaking of being the Reverend, you, you want to give <laughs> us a couple bars? You, you want to know what separates me from the rest? Yeah. Sitting in the morning sun. I'll be sitting when the evening comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's good. Oh, good see, now, now what's that number again? How do I, if I'm in Cerritos, how do I get you in my house? In your house. Billy Graham, the Reverend, Legacy Flooring, 562-999-6192. Thank you very much. I appreciate yes, you spending time with me. Yeah, it was fun, bud. All right. I will, t- I will catch up with you soon. Cool. Take care, man. That's all the time we have for this week. Be sure to subscribe so you can listen to each and every episode. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Don't forget to leave a review and let us know what you think about the show. If you would like to be a guest or have questions, you can email us at flooreducation at gmail.com. Remember, your education never stops.